Good afternoon. Good to see you again. I see the Atlanta contingent is still here. That's good. I always made care was careful of my PAs who, who didn't show up on the weekends, but were at the conference where, <laughs> where they're supposed to be at work. But hey, thanks for having me again. We're going to talk about Merveso uh, today. Um, show of hands, who has used it? Who has not? Good. You know, it's a very interesting talk to give because this is something that's very new and new in every way. You know, the talk's title is about time. It's about time for two reasons. One, because it is the first time and it's the first and only treatment um, which is indicated for the facial erythema of rosacea. No other treatment is indicated solely for this. The other reason it's about time is that this has been going on. We've been waiting for this for many, many years. Who has been around enough time to actually remember collagenics? Anybody? A few. Okay. So several years ago, many moons ago, Galderma bought a company called Collagenics, from which they inherited Oratia, and a very little-known drug, who some of us knew, uh, which was COL118, COL118. COL118 was investigational. It was a drug that was supposed to be uh, this blockbuster for erythema of rosacea. So for about eight years now, plus more than eight years, we've been telling our patients, some of us have been telling our patients, there's going to be a drug for the erythema that you have that can really help you with in about two years. So half of my patients think I'm a liar. But the reason I'm bringing this up is that call 118 is Merveso, is Ramadian tartrate. Why did it take eight years for a company like Galderma to bring this to us when we thought at the time that Collagenics was about to get it approved? Those of us who knew a little bit about the trials know that one of the hardest things that Galderma had to do to get this approved is to pretty much redo all the trials. Because the trials that were done or the, the experience that was there was not something that would get this drug uh, approved by the FDA. The hardest thing to do to approve a drug like this by the FDA was to even define erythema. Nothing like this had been done before. So having a company like Galderma take over call 118 was a very good thing for all of us because we thought, okay, this is now going to get approved, more than likely. We didn't think it'd take eight years, but that's how long it took. And that's how much energy and investment it took for things to get done right and to get done in a way that this drug will get approved by the FDA. And it did. But because it was also so new, you will see that the studies that were done are different than any other studies that you've seen. It's the first time I've ever seen them. I don't know how often they'll happen again this way, but they're very different than anything we've seen before, and we'll talk about that in a bit. Okay, so we'll talk about Merveso as an overview. We'll talk about the phase two trial results, and phase two trials are the trials that set up the phase three. So you get a phase two trial, get some results, gives you a good un understanding about what you can use, what you should do in a phase three, and then move on with the phase three trials, a lot more patients, a lot more investment. And we're, of course, we'll talk about the phase three trials, and we'll talk about two well-controlled four-week efficacy and safety trials with about uh, 500 patients involved in them. And then we'll talk about an open-label 52-week safety trial. So this has been studied 52 weeks straight uh, in patients as well for the safety uh, standpoint. Okay. Merveso is topical brimonidine tartrate, 0.5%. From the get-go, do you guys see a difference between what I just said and what you know of brimonidine's concentration? So if you look at the concentration here, if you look at the top, is brimonidine topical gel 0.33%. Yet I'm saying 
All the studies have been done with bromodine tartrate 0.5%. You'll see 0.5% over and over again. But the difference is that somewhere, sometime this summer, the FDA changed the nomenclature. So before we used to talk about molecules and about drugs talking about their uh, salt, in this case, bromodine tartrate, and the concentration of bromodine tartrate in Merveso is 0.5%. But now the new nomenclature is actually talking about the free base, the free, um, the free product, which is bromodine. So 0.33% bromodine is 0.5% bromodine tartrate. You just take the tartrate away, you're left with 0.33% by weight. Make sense? Everybody? Anybody? You'd be surprised how long it took the experts to understand this when we went over this. Okay. So what does it do? What does bromonidine tartrate do? Bromonidine tartrate, or bromonidine, is an alpha-2 adrenergic agonist, like clonidine. Clonidine is a systemic alpha-2 adrenergic agonist that we have, that we use systemically for hypertension. By we, we mean the primary care physicians, because I don't do that anymore. So, and this now is a drug that is an alpha-2 adrenergic agonist superficially. So why is it that something that is similar to a drug that we use for hypertension, meaning a drug that dilates the blood vessels to drop the blood pressure, why can we now use this superficially to constrict a blood vessel? Because that's what it does. It constricts the blood vessels, therefore makes the erythema go away. It's because there are different effects of, of this drug on superficial vessels that are surrounded by smooth muscles. So superficial, small arterioles. So any vessel that has smooth muscle all around it, superficially small ones, if you expose them to alpha-2 adrenergic agonists, like bromonidine tartrate, will constrict, which is different from clonidine, which when you use systemically, dilates systemic vessels. Make sense? Good. All right. So looking at this, because it constricts these superficial vessels, we thought, or somebody thought, well, if we put it there, Maybe it will help with the erythema of rosacea. That was really the theory. That's how this started, how the study of COG-118 and therefore their, um, it ended up with Merveso being available to us started, okay? So again, it binds alpha-2 adrenergic agonists and it binds the receptors. Right there, it's not working very well. But the receptors there, and you can see that the blood vessel therefore constricts. Now, what happens to bromonidine over time? It releases the receptor or it degrades. This is why this is not a permanent fix. Um, fixture. It's not a permanent solution. It's, while it's there, it will constrict the vessels. As bromodine degrades and bromodine releases the receptors, the vessel um, uh, gets larger again. This is why this lasts about 12 hours. Bromodine tartrate in dermatology is new. The molecule itself, however, ha is not new. It's been around for a long time. It's been around under the name alphagan as an ophthalmic solution for, um, for glaucoma. How does it work with glaucoma? Actually, similarly to how it works for uh, erythema of rosacea. It constricts a vessel that allows a vitreous to go into uh, the eyeball. So therefore, there's less vitreous into the eye, therefore less pressure, okay? But it's been around for a long time, and that's important. Why is that important? Because this has allowed Galderma and, and allowed us to understand the potential uh, safety profile of this. So it's been around for a very long time. A lot of studies were done, and the alpha-GAN solution, the glaucoma solution, is 0.2%. And many studies were done that showed that the systemic absorption of the 0.5% bromodine tartrate is much less than the systemic absorption of 0.2% ophthalmic solution. Therefore, now we have about 20 years' experience with the ophthalmic solution and with systemic absorption that is higher than what we have now, and 20 years of safe experience with it. So we could use this safety 
profile to then um, and uh, transpose it to the Brumadian tartrate safety profile at 0.5%. Okay? So looking at facial erythema of rosacea, uh, which is caused by, again, prolonged uh, vasodilation of vessels, and that is caused by trigger factors like alcohol, uh, spicy food, stress, caffeine. Looking at that, um, Mirvaso was introduced to help with this vasodilation. Okay? Okay. So let's talk about the phase two results. At phase two, one of the things that was, that was studied is the effect of 0.5% Romanian tartrate compared to different other concentrations. So they looked at 0.5%, 0.18%, 0 0.07% compared to vehicle gel. All of them did better than the vehicle. But 0.5% did the best out of all of them. And this is how we decided or was decided to go with 0.5% Romanian tartrate gel as a concentration to use uh, QD once a day. Okay, so it was clear response once daily, which compared to vehicle and to other Brownian um, tartrate concentration. It did much better. Uh, it was also safe and well-tolerated for four weeks during phase two trial. And therefore, this was used as a beginning of the design of phase three, which we'll talk about in a second. Okay, any questions so far? Phase three, the phase three study starts kind of like any phase three study of a topical that you see now. It has a two identical multi-center, double-blind, placebo-controlled studies with multiple sites across the United States and Canada. Um, that four weeks treatment with four weeks um, follow-up. 130 subjects in the first study and 140, uh, almost 150 subjects in the second study had Merveso, and then 130 subjects in the first study and 145 subjects in the second study uh, had vehicle, okay? like anything else. Mostly females, because we're talking about rosacea, but males as well. And really there was nothing um, that showed any difference in um, response between males and females uh, later on. And a phototype of one all the way to five. And that's important, you, you know, those of you who heard me talk about rosacea in general know that I feel very strongly about identifying rosacea in darker skin. It does happen in darker skin. It is there in darker skin, especially the papripustular type. The arthema might not be as obvious, but it's there. So always remember to look for rosacea in your darker skin individuals, whether Latinos or um, Asians or African Americans or others. Now, the people who were included in this study had a clinical or clinician erythema assessment of moderate to severe. So it was IgA3 uh, to IgA4. The majority were moderate, moderate erythema, and um, a few of them were severe as well. Okay? Now, this is what's very different about this. This study, to have a success in this study, and I'll go back to this again, but to have a success in the study, you have two endpoints. The primary endpoints were the two-grade composite success for both clinician erythema assessment and patient self-assessment at hours 3, 9, 12, um, on day uh, 29. Both the clinician and the patient had to agree on the number of uh, grades of improvement. No other study has done that before. No other study had to do that before. Usually, when you come in to do a clinical study, you come into the clinician, and the clinician decides, yep, this is now a two-grade improvement, grade one, grade three, and that's what it is, not the patient. The second endpoint was one-grade composite success for both the clinician, again, erythema assessment, and the patient self-assessment, 30 minutes on day one. That's what makes this very different than any other study. And that's what the patient had to deal with. They had to look at themselves statically, meaning they're not comparing themselves to, the, to a picture at, at uh, baseline. They look at themselves statically, and 
in the mirror and say, I have no redness, I have very mild redness, I have mild redness, I have moderate redness, and I have severe redness. They have to make that call. These are lay people, they are not medical people. And that's very important to remember uh, for the study. How about clinician? Clinicians looked at clear skin with no signs of erythema, almost clear with a little bit of redness or slight redness, mild erythema with definite redness, moderate erythema with marked redness, severe erythema with fiery redness. And again, these are very sometimes subtle changes. As a, as a clinician, we're trained to do that. If we do clinical studies, we're trained to do that. These guys were not trained to do that. That's what they were given. They had some training, and then they said, look at the mirror and tell us. Write it down, okay? Any questions about this? So this patient had one great improvement from a CA3 to CA2 and a PSA4, PSA3 at 30 minutes. That's a success at 30 minutes. And that's also a success at, um, at, with two great improvements, with a CA dropping down to one from uh, origin of three and to four from origin of two. And again, that's very impressive. That's one application, okay? Looking at this, we call this a lollipop uh, graph. I got a lollipop graph. Looks like lollipops to me. So... How about the two great improvement on day 29, the uh, investigational success? You could see that our three had 28% versus 10%. Our six, 28%, had a two great improvement versus 9%. Our nine, 22% versus 10%. And our 12, 22% versus 9%. Any comments about these numbers? Now, they're clinically and they're statistically significant. So from a statistical standpoint, they're very significant. But we're having 22% and 28%. That's relatively small numbers. We look at absolute numbers. Remember, this is the investigational, the study success. You remember the second guy? Who said, how many said it was impressive? I think the majority. That was impressive. That, to me, in my office, would be a good success. He should be happy. That, however, in this study was a failure. So that second person was a failure in the study. And that's important to understand because that's what the study does. It's very different, and we have to have both the clinician and the patient agree that there are two great improvements. In that case, the clinician thought there were two great improvements, the patient did not. Therefore, it was a, uh, a failure. So that's what we have to face when we look at our patients. When we give it, our patients will improve. Even as failures, my clinical success might be different, okay? Again, this is primary endpoint at day 29, and this is 12 hours, one application, it's impressive. You can see that by hour 9, she's still great. By hour 12, she has some redness left. And it might change. We started up to 12 hours. In my patient, in my clinic, some people do last longer, a little bit less. But we have a consistent pattern of improvement for several hours after first application. This is a success at 30 minutes. This is baseline. 30 minutes later, that's how this lady looks. Again, quite impressive. Any questions so far? Now, how about the one great improvement? That changed over time. You can see that day one, the one great improvement, 28% had a one great improvement. By day 15, 50% had a one great improvement. And by day 29, 56% had a one great improvement. That wouldn't make sense if you look at it from just pure scientific standpoint about why, how this drug works. The drug doesn't have a depot uh, effect, right? It degrades after 12 hours plus. Nothing is left. So why is it that by day 15, we have more one great improvement? than by day one. You can see that's consistent by day 29. And I think it's really more two things. One, the subjects are now understanding more how to put it on, and they also understanding more how or what to expect from it. 
which actually translates very well to our clinical practice. This has a very steep learning curve. I tell my patients, you put it, it works. You don't put it, it doesn't. It's almost, I will use the example of the sunburns picture that we all get on Yahoo and you know what people slather sunscreen and then forget one area and it's red. Well, that's the opposite, like a negative of it. If you put it on, it's gonna work. If you don't, it doesn't. So the men who I give this to usually put something like this and like that and they get very good here, very nice here. Their nose is much redder because now you're looking at in comparison or in background of wider skin. Women do a little bit better because they're used to put foundation and they know how to kind of feather something out. So there's a very, very steep learning curve. They'll know where they didn't put it the first day they put it on. And that's what happens with this as well. The other thing to also uh, realize that when we looked at this, when this was looked at at day 29 and day one, it was consistent. The CA results were consistent. So if you look at the two grade reduction, which is the, um, the bluish one, it's consistent throughout. Day one, day 29. Okay, all the reduction are consistent. This is not increasing or decreasing over time. It doesn't have tachyphylaxis we could see. And actually the studies didn't show any rebound either. And we'll talk about that in a second. Here's another primary endpoint. This is an interesting picture. So this is baseline, hour three. And this is baseline hour three, day 29. You guys notice anything in there that's different? Spot on the cheek. This one. Now, did this one just appear at hour three? Didn't. This has been around for a while. So it's been around, you can see it here as well, at baseline. It wasn't there here, but it's now here on day 29. Now, why is this there? I don't know. But this explains things very well about how this works. Again, this goes after the superficial vessels with smooth muscle around them. I'm not sure what this is. This could be an AK, it could be an insect bite, it could be something else going on. This does not remove telangiectasias. It doesn't remove things that are inflammatory, inflamed AK. It's not going to take that redness away. What it's going to do, however, is take all the redness around it away. So you may end up seeing some areas more clearly that were not seen that clearly before. And I tell this to my patients up front. I tell this to my patients about telangiectasias on their faces. You know, if you have somebody with rosacea who has a lot of telangiectasias, these will not go away. And I'll tell them, these may now become more obvious to you, which then leads to potentially more laser treatment later on. Because patients who do well with their background erythema now want to take care of their telangiectasias. The other thing this does, because it's taking the erythema background away, you will have more obvious brown spots. You know, the imperfections of the skin will look a little bit more obvious to the patient, because they haven't seen their skin without the redness for a long, long time. And I address that up front. I tell them up front. I try to see if there are any lentigines up front, say, this is not going to go away. This wasn't there before. And we can deal with it afterwards. And actually, a lot of patients are very happy with this and then come back to me and say, you know what? Now I want to get rid of this stuff. OK? Anybody had this similar experiences? So rebound was looked at um, also uh, very carefully. Now, rebound is defined as a increase in redness from baseline. So you start with a baseline of redness, and rebound looks, is looked at as a consistent increase in redness above baseline, okay? This was looked at, and the vehicle versus the study versus the drug itself had no difference. Both groups had no difference in rebound. Any questions about rebound, by the way? Any questions about your experience in rebound? Anything anybody has? Go ahead. So office staff members who had Rebound, 
pretty much? Okay. A lot of nodding. Okay. It's interesting because I think we're seeing a lot of this. Now, I use quite a bit of it. I use a lot of it, and I've had patients come back and tell me, you know, it's making me worse. These are the things when I push a little bit more and investigate a little bit more what's happening that I've seen happen in my practice, okay? Now, again, there could be some rebound, but the studies have looked at it very carefully, and in my experience, I think this is what's happening. Two, two things. One, some people are using it just for redness, but also, and especially the medical staff, by the way, because my medical staff did the same thing, we think and we understand that, well, listen, we can use this now, and we know what the triggers of rosacea are, so we can use this now and go out and have a bunch of glasses of wine, which some of us, me included, are, are known to do. It's nice. Remember, while this works, it works. But if we use triggers of rosacea or triggers of flushing while we're taking it, when the effect wears off, the triggers may still be working. Okay, so I think that's one of the options, that's one of the things that may be happening. So I would encourage you guys, if patients tell you something like this, push a little bit more. Ask them a little bit more. What happened? Did you do something different? Did it work for a while? And then when it came back, it was potentially when the rosacea was actually triggered. Because remember, rosacea waxes and wanes, and the trigger factors are still there. We're not treating the pathophysiology of rosacea here. This is not oratia. We're taking away the redness, and we're taking it away by actually forcing the vessels to clamp down. So the vessels want to actually dilate because of the trigger factor, or for whatever reason, once the medication wears off, then it should go away, okay? Therefore, you get the increase in redness. The other thing that's happening is that um, just regular rosacea, without even a trigger, going up and down, you may have hit it at the time where it was supposed to get worse. And that could be also another reason that I've, that I've noted. Most of my patients that are treated for this, for rosacea, for the erythema of rosacea, even when they had a quote-unquote rebound, if I investigated further, that's what I found. And actually, once I explain this to them, then it's done. And you'll have a lot of patients using it off-label as well, meaning we're using it specifically because we know there's going to be a trigger factor, potentially making things worse. Remember, it may help the trigger factor, or it may not. It may not be enough. And afterwards, once that, once the, uh, once the, um, drug wears off, the trigger factor may still be around. That's from my experience. Any other questions about that? Any other comments? Go ahead. Um, I have rosacea like this as well and couldn't wait for this medicine to come out. <laughs> so I was using it myself. After about a week and a half of using it, just once a day in the morning, and it worked fantastic, I would notice that about six, eight hours after I had applied it, I would feel my face starting to tingle, sometimes on the one side, sometimes on the other. And once this cheek got extremely red, the next day the other cheek and my chin got extremely red. But I was still using it once a day and still getting, even if it was more red at baseline in the morning, it would take it away. Then I was on vacation and I was like, I'm going to stop this for a while because I don't need it. I stopped it and I had... It was the worst rebound flare I've ever seen. Like, my eyes were just little white-out eyes. It was three times what my baseline had ever been. Now, if I would reapply it, it would take it away. But it took me not using it for three to four days to just get back to baseline. Okay. And, and anything else that could be, and I'm not saying that that's not happening, anything else that could have triggered it to be very flushed? 
I mean, no, I, I wasn't hitting any of my triggers. I wasn't stressed. I was on vacation. vacation. But I mean, I understand how it's supposed to degrade. So it surprised me that it took three days to even get back to my original baseline with it. So it's just made myself and people in my practice a little leery um, with using it because now we've had a few patients call back because we have prescribed it complaining about that. So I was just wondering if you had heard anything with it. I haven't had, this is the first time I hear that actually of a, of a good story saying, you know, where I could not really put a good reason for it. This is how I, this is how I view it. Um, and I've used this on a lot of people. Again, because again, I was one of those guys who's been waiting for it, with people waiting for it for, for several years. I think one of the things that make me actually comfortable with it, that this, you know, the treatment, the on-label treatment is really almost like a daily treatment. It's different, you know, Today you want to use it, you do. The next day, the next day you don't. Um, the majority of the patients we have do very, very well. I don't expect any drug to have absolutely no um, issues with it whatsoever, but the issues that I've seen are very, very limited, and the majority of them that I've seen are things that I can put my finger on and say, well, you know what, it could be because of this, or it could be because you're doing this. And when, and when, we, get, when we get back into, okay, remember what this does, you know, things get much better understood. Now, and you have rosacea, right? Oh, definitely. Okay. Um, so I actually couldn't tell you why this would have happened from a theoretical standpoint, um, and, but it happened. The good thing also, within four days, it was gone. And the majority of people who tell me, by the way, they have a rebound, they put it on, you're right. It goes away again because, you know what, that's how it works. If you have, um, if you have flushing, and I'm not calling them rebound because I'm, I'm not sure what, the, what it is. But if you have flushing, it goes away. Uh, with, with the, uh, if you have, sorry, in a dilation of the vessels, it goes away with the, with the brimodian treatment. But you're right, I, could, I cannot explain exactly why this happened. And from a provider who tells me everything else was fine, that would be something to look at more. Okay, thank you. Go ahead. I had uh, two medical assistants that had that flaring. One was very obvious. She came in after using it over the weekend, and she was just very, very bright red. I've never seen her that red in her whole history of being with us. But they also had some small micropustules that were occurring. I don't know if you've had anything like that that's happened. That hasn't been reported. And then I had one other patient that I had came in who was bright red from doing it. And then I've had a couple of complaints where people get too white. Well, the too white is, is uh, that's something we can address. I tell my patient, you know, you're gonna be, you're gonna see yourself in a way you haven't seen yourself like in a long time. So anything that's going to constrict is going to constrict. So I tell them that up front. And that's why I give them, by the way, the sample up front. I say, try the sample first, see if you like it. Because some people may not want to be without the redness. They're used to redness for so long, they don't want it anymore. They don't, they don't want to get rid of it completely. There is nothing to titrate and say, you know what, just, just make it a little bit less red. You get red or you don't, and it all depends on how um, their vessels react to it and how strongly they react to it. Um, so the whiteness, I think, I, I address by actually giving them the sample first and say, try it first and then see how you do. Um, the pustules I haven't heard before, and I've actually given quite a few of these talks, and I've, been, I've given it to a lot of patients, so I'm not sure exactly what is happening. Now, if they have rosacea, again, this is not going to take away any of the uh, pathophysiology in, in the, uh, of the rosacea. So if they have papulopustular rosacea, they'll get pustules, they'll get papules the same way they'll get it with any time when they have rosacea. Now, if they do have rosacea, they got pustules after the weekend, they may have had some trigger factors on the weekend. That's, but if not, then... I'm not sure why the pustules were there. I don't think they're related to the drug, as far as I know. Any other questions? Do I have my patients also use it with Metrocream? 
Now, this is not studied in combination treatment. However, uh, meaning uh, as a combination treatment with an efficacy uh, as, as, as a end result. However, with a 52-week data, which we'll talk about in a, in a second, patients who were on drugs, including rosacea drugs, were kept on these drugs. So remember, I'm not treating rosacea with this. I'm treating the erythema of rosacea. If I have patients on sub-antimicrobial dose of um, doxycycline, if I have on oratia, they continue on oratia. If I have them on metro, uh, metronidazole, they continue on that as a lake acid, any of that. I have no problem having them continue on that. What I usually do is I have them put the um, Merveso first, let it dry, and then put the other one, or put them at different times of the day. You'd be also surprised how many patients ask me if I should put it at night or in the morning, the Merveso itself. So remember to tell them, put it in the morning if you want your redness to be gone in the morning. Go ahead, sir. Facial arthritis KP, this would be an off-label use, and I do not have any experience with it myself, no. Remember, this works for vessels that have smooth muscle around them. That's what it does in rosacea itself. Okay, so side effect reports. So there are some adverse reactions. Erythema, 4% uh, in the Merveso group versus 1% in the vehicle. Flushing, um, skin burning sensation. Contact dermatitis I'll talk about in a second. Uh, and um, pain in the skin, some acneiform eruption, maybe that might be it as well. But remember, these people have rosacea. And rosacea goes up and down. And these adverse events were noted over a month with people having things that were put in a diary. So if you have an increase in flushing, if you have an increase in, if you have bumps, bump, you know, pustules, acne form bumps, they'll note and that's what would happen. That's what would be added in AE. So most of the time, it does very well. And most of the time, it's tolerated very, very well. What I've found in my practice is, you know, sometimes you have some tingling, but it's very rarely. Um, and again, that is a discussion about you may get wider than you'd like, so try it before. And remember, rosacea is still rosacea. This is, a, some, this is a disease process that waxes and wanes, that has days that are better and days that are worse, and that has trigger factors. These do not go away. They're still there. Remember also it's intended for topical use. Uh, now, accidental ingestion, what happens with that? It actually happened. One of, the, uh, one of the subjects had two young kids. They were boys. I have two girls. I would never do this. But two young kids found the tube on the, on, in the bathroom and used it to brush their teeth. Uh, therefore, they actually had a huge ingestion of an alpha-2 adrenergic agonist. So you have all the side effect profile that you would have if you ingested of an alpha-2 adrenergic agonist. Um, so they had, um, uh, they were hospitalized. They were actually uh, helipadded out because one of them, they were worried about uh, respiratory depression, mostly because they knew what they ingested. Both of them did very well. Everything is fine. Which brings me to don't feed it to your patients. Um, and by the way, now it, has a, it does have a, a child-proof cap um, as well. So that shouldn't be an issue with the, with the real drug. So what are the conclusions of the study? Merveso significantly reduced the erythema of rosacea at the primary endpoints at our 3, 6, 9, 12 on day 29. And by the way, these patients were in the office, in the clinician's office, for 12, 13 hours. So they went back and forth. Um, Merveso also significantly reduced facial erythema of rosacea secondary, at the secondary endpoint at 30 minutes. And actually, it's very impressive. If I see sometimes a patient with rosacea, let's say they're coming for something else, with the erythema of rosacea, what I do a lot, actually, is grab a, grab a sample gel, put it on their face a little bit, and they think I'm crazy. But like, tell them, just do this while we talk about something else. By the time we do the full exam and things like that, you know, at 30 minutes is grade one. But also show them, hey, look at what's happening. It might happen more. Here's a sample, here's a script, see if you like it, and if you do, go ahead, go ahead and give it. 
You know, erythema of rosacea is one of those things we didn't have much for. I didn't usually mention it too much because even though I gave oratia and there was some of the ORCA trials that showed well maybe it would help, nothing really could help it. And unless you had a papillopustular component of rosacea where I knew some things would help very well, and I addressed the rosacea very often with my patients, erythema is not something I brought up too, too much because I couldn't do anything about it. I always say it was, you know, rosacea used to be, and the erythema was for sure, the, the onychomycosis of the face. I don't like bringing it up if they don't bring it up because I don't know what to do about it other than the pill, and you have a high degree of recurrence. So now I do bring it up. I tell them there's something there. Does it bother you or not? And with men... It's interesting, because I tell them, does your redness bother you? Oh, no, no, I'm fine. So, okay, well, you guys, there's something now I can give you. You can put on, and we'll take it away. Oh, okay, I'll try it. So men do that a lot. Women are more upfront about the redness bothering them if it does bother them. Okay, so this is once daily, again, once daily treatment. It's QD, lasts about 12 hours, has been safe and well-tolerated from the studies that we could see. Any questions about any of that? Go ahead. Sure. Again, erythema... This is how adverse events are reported. Let's say you were part of the study. You would get a journal, and for the 30 days, 29 days you are in the study, you would put every day, you look at your face and see, is there something, or anything, there's something happening. You can say, well, I'm red. That's erythema. So, but it's not rebound, but it's not rebound erythema. It's just redness. I have redness today. Okay. So another study they did, this was a safety study. They followed patients for 52 weeks, long-term um, safety study results. And they looked at the safety, which is primary, and the efficacy, which is secondary, of Merveso QD for 52 weeks. Multicenter, this is open label, it's non comparative study. And patients who had other medications were left on them, whether it was for rosacea or not. So actually, quite a few patients had topical and oral medications for their rosacea that were, they were on, and they, were, they stayed on them. And they looked at them at screening, baseline, week one, month one, three, six, nine, and 12. The safety was assessed. The efficacy was assessed, again, with a CAEA and a PSA. Um, and the subject demographics were similar to the uh, phase three study. Mostly women, 76, 25%. Mostly Caucasian, one, uh, sorry, two and three. Uh, and the majority were between 18 and 64, okay? Total of 450 subjects. Um, and 335, so 75% continued to treatment for six months and about 62% continued treatment for 12 months. That's actually very good. One-year studies are very tough to keep uh, people on. Okay, so the majority of the subjects had different medications, including rosacea medications. Um, and these had tetracyclines, metronidazole, azelaic acid, specifically rosacea-treated uh, treating medications, and they, kept, they were kept on it. They looked at AEs, and the AEs were uh, higher in quarter one than versus the other quarters. So some of the adverse events were felt more in the quarter one, and I think a lot of, them, a lot of it had to do with getting used to using the drugs. Um, and there were no new safety signals, meaning over 52 weeks, nothing really came up that was different from anything that we did uh, with the phase three trial. So many adverse events are reported. Again, they have a journal, so anything becomes, becomes an adverse event. Um, and uh, 16 serious adverse events happened, but none of them were related to the drug. If you are in a clinical study and a bus hits you, that's a serious adverse event. So all the adverse events that happened were not, the serious ones were not related to the drug. So what are the adverse events that we talked about? Rosacea was one of them. Erythema, skin burning sensation, skin irritation, allergic dermatitis, and contact dermatitis. And flushing, one of the vascular disorders, but 3.8% could happen as well. Again, remember, these are rosacea patients. 
who have all these anyway. I thought I was going to talk to you about the contact dermatitis as well. So 17 patients in the initial study, in the phase three study, had what the investigator felt could be contact dermatitis. Out of these 17, they were patch tested. 14 of them didn't have any positive positives to the patch test. So it wasn't contact dermatitis necessarily. Three of them did have a positive patch test. One of them, uh, on more testing, was allergic to bromelain tartrate. That did have that had one patient then. Another one was allergic to the ve something in the vehicle. And the third one never came back to see which one it was, vehicle or bromelain tartrate. So three people did have contact allergy to the drug. Again, it can happen. The most common adverse events were flushing, erythema, rosacea, um, skin burning sensation, and increased ocular pressure. Now that doesn't make sense from an increased ocular pressure standpoint, right? Now we have a drug that should act, that's used actually for glaucoma and we have increased ocular pressure as a side effect. Ocular pressure is like rosacea. So if you measure it in different times, it could be up, it could be down. And they were measured, these were measured regularly, and ocular pressure went up at some points, which becomes now part of the um, adverse event profile. Make sense? Good. Now the one thing that was also noted that the change in CEA and PSA over 12 months was actually consistent and persistent. So no tachyphylaxis that we could see, no rebounds that we could see over 52 weeks. That is also an interesting patient. This is long-term study results. This is one of, the, one of the patients. You can see at day one and hour three, you notice all these pimples. Where were they? They were there. They were still there. But with the redness, the background redness, you couldn't see them as often or as clearly. So remember, this is going to treat the erythema of rosacea. It is not going to treat the papillopustular component of rosacea. This lady would benefit quite a bit of being on also on treatment for rosacea for the papillopustular component, whether it's subantimicrobial antibiotics or subantimicrobial tetracycline. Uh, there's no such thing as subantimicrobial antibiotics. That's actually one of my pet peeves. Subantimicrobial tetracycline or doxycycline, metronidazole, azelaic acid. So this lady should be treated for her rosacea, for the other component of the rosacea as well. By month six, the papules are mostly gone, except for this big one right here. But again, it's going to make some of these things appear more, um, more prevalent or more, more clearly. So treat the rosacea, treat the other components of rosacea. This does not treat the pathophysiology of rosacea. This does not go after rosacea itself. It goes after the erythema of rosacea. Again, long-term result at month 12, pre, and at hour three. So what did long-term study tell us? It confirmed the safety profile. There were no new safety signals. Um, there was no increase in discontinuation. And there was no sensitization that was any different than the other ones, about 1%. The efficacy improved on day one of uh, treatment. And there was reduction in erythema from hour zero to three. And it was similar across 52 weeks. There was no really red flag, no red flag that showed any tachyphylaxis, no red flag that showed any rebound that we could say in, in a long-term study. So overall, this showed that Merveso applied once daily was safe and well-tolerated, and it improved the facial erythema of rosacea. My patients and our patients are really happy with this. This is one of those things that you really don't have a delayed gratification issue. They'll know right away. I don't have to tell them, take this, trust me, I'll see you in two months, you'll get better by then. They'll know within the next day how it's working or not. If there's any issues, they'll know within a couple of days. Um, but the majority of patients have absolutely no issues with it that I've had. Now let's talk about warnings and precautions. It is an alpha 2 adrenergic agonist that comes with some potential um, warnings and precautions. There are actually no contraindications for the use of Merveso on the PI, not a single contraindication. But there are some precautions, okay? People who have Raynaud's phenomenon, 
I'd be careful about. You know, you don't want to give something that can strict the vessels on the fingers without being careful. I personally haven't had one yet, but if I were to give it to somebody who had Renault's phenomenon, I'd probably would down to wear gloves beforehand. Um, your patients will read things with um, coronary, uh, coronary insufficiency, heart disease, other things that alpha 2 adrenergic uh, agonists uh, play a role in. Why? Because this is a class effect. You also should be cautious when you give it to somebody who is already on clonidine because it's a class effect. It's the same, the same class. Um, one of the things that you should be aware of is it and depression. Alpha 2 adrenergic agonists and depression um, is, have a caution or precaution with, uh, when they're given together with some of the SSRIs because actually it increases the receptor. Some of the receptors that are sensitive to these drugs are become more sensitive with alpha 2 adrenergic agonists. Again, this is a class effect. We're talking more systemic. So just be careful. Just be aware of it. When your patient reads the PI, you should know about it. Okay? Don't feed it to your kids. Again, please, that's not a good thing, apparently. And just remember, this is an alpha-2 adrenergic agonist. This is clonidine in a way, similar to clonidine. So when you look at the PI, your patient will read things similar to clonidine. Therefore, just be aware of it. I always encourage everybody to read the PI at least once when any new drugs that they start prescribing. So it's about time. It is something I think is, is very different. It is new. It's something we've been waiting for for a long, long time, and, and to help our patient with rosacea that, was, that didn't have anything really that really worked very well for their erythema. It made a big, big difference, I think, in my practice when it came to that. Thank you.